What's up, guys? It's the only ninja wearing aviator, this is Uber Hat, and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, Finding the Art and Combat. This podcast is literally all about martial arts and every aspect of martial arts. So, no matter what branch of martial arts you like, whether that's the combat or the performance, this is for you. But I'm going to be putting a little spin on the average podcast because instead of just me talking to you guys for an hour, it's going to be me interviewing some of your favorite content creators in the martial arts community. And and if you like this concept and want me to do more, smash the like button, no matter where you're watching this, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, Apple, anywhere, smash the like and download and, and show some support. I would absolutely love it. But without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce the truly amazing Alex Weber. What's up, guys? I am Alex Weber. I'm 17 years old. I've been in martial arts for about... 13 years by now. As anyone who, that watches your content knows, you go absolutely beast mode with your stat, with your bow stat. It's it's next level. The speed you do those tricks with is just absolutely amazing. That's, that's really what drew me to your content, just the speed you spin your stat with. So I'm sure this question pops up a lot in your comments, um, but how long have you been training bow staff specifically and what has your bow staff journey looked like? I used the staff for the first time when I was about 10, Ten. Starting, starting extreme stuff and all of that, but I actually switched over to chucks. To nunchucks? Yeah, and then after again about I was 12, I switched over again, so about six years, yeah. Okay, so... so when, what made you want to switch back over to Bosat? My friend John is here and he uses uh, Chuck a lot and this, what I'm about to say, will make him so mad. Oh boy. Uh, sorry, dude. Um, they just were really boring. <laughs> just really boring. I'm just going to be honest. That's fair. See, that's the thing. With me, I have a love-hate relationship with Chucks because for people that use them, it's really pretty to watch and stuff, but they woke up... I, I call them the devil's weapons. They wake up in the morning with, with one goal, and that is to hurt you. Hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why you never, like, see me post anything with nunchucks, really. Like, I have one or two videos with nunchucks, and I have nunchucks. Like, I have them, yeah. but... I never post them because I just don't like training with them. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just not not my favorite thing. Nunchuck hurt, yeah. So what about Bostep makes it less boring? So I just found a lot of more role models, um, a lot more people that do staff that I can look up to. Mm. Um, and my journey throughout this whole thing has been trying to make myself as close to them as I can while still sticking with my own style. Just, it's that, it's that target to shoot for. Um, yeah. No, that is, that is absolutely, and that will, we'll come back to, we'll come back to, uh, like mentors and and people you look up to because that's that's really important in martial arts to have someone um 
to shoot for. At least it was for me uh, growing up. But uh, during um, during your journey in training, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you've broken a fair share of weapons, right? I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> um, do you have any interesting stories of you breaking weapons at weird times, like during competition? Or have you ever hurt yourself during weapons training in any way? So my first staff that I ever broke was the most embarrassing by far. I uh, I was at a tournament in, uh, I can't remember where it is, but I was practicing about an hour right before my ring started. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really stupid about it and I did moves that I knew I could like snap my staff on but I I spun it around my body and I tried to jump over it like a jump rope but I wasn't able to jump high enough and I landed on it and it snapped and no joke everyone there everyone just stared at me they all turned around at me and stared at me. And then I had to use my uh, friend staff. But... That's so, like, what, so this was during practice? Like, like during practice for your, so you weren't even competing. This wasn't during the competition. This was you getting ready. Yeah. And you jumped on your staff, essentially. (laughs) That was my very first staff so i didn't ever bring more than one staff mm. you that, so, you had never been in that position of yeah yeah i so, was freaking out that brings up another question when you're using different staffs is it weird to kind of adjust um do you adjust easily what is that kind of what is that process for you i use a lot of staffs and they all have their own feel to them. Um, trying to adjust to a new staff won't take that long. It just really depends on how much you practice. Um, so, for instance, after I stepped on my staff, I used my friends and it felt weird. It felt weird, but it wasn't like impossible to do, you know? Right, so it was, It was. you can pick it up, you can kind of adjust to it, but it takes a second. Um, yeah. Did you Did you have like time between <laughs> your friend's staff and, pra- and actually, you know, competing? Did you have time to actually like adjust or did you modify your form so that you weren't doing certain tricks um, that you would mess up on? I was able to practice, um, so I really can't say I would have done that well if I went in there cold, you know? Um, that practice, if, if there's anyone here that competes and they're like really, really dedicated, they know that if you have time to train like right before you actually go you have to do it Mm. and with a new staff i 
had to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> had had to happen. No, I get that. I get that very much. Cause I used to compete a while ago. I haven't had time to recently with everything going on in the world, but. I I can't wait to get back into it. Uh, but going on to the next question, um, it's actually kind of relevant to this topic. Uh, I did some light research on you and on your videos when when coming up with these questions for you. Don't worry, I didn't find any dirt, <laughs> but um, I did notice you you do competing and you post some videos about competing, even though it's not a ton. Um, but I couldn't quite tell how old those videos were. What do you, uh, I, I assume they were fairly recent, but I honestly couldn't tell. So how long ago did you start competing and what, like, do you enjoy about competition? What do you suggest, you know, for new people going into martial arts? Should they compete? Should they not? What do you, what is your take on that? So my first competition i think i was uh five or six um were that young yeah i know um i i think the one of the things that i have to be grateful in life to the most is martial arts because of the amount of traveling that i had to go Florida to Vegas you meet a lot of people and those people often are your closest friends so no absolutely my I, I look I've lived in seven I think seven or eight different states in the, in the US I've moved basically every two years from when I was eight to when I graduated high school and my closest friends even though we moved apart even though we live miles hundreds of miles away from each other my closest friends will always be other martial artists there's something about martial arts that just kind of brings a solid bond between practitioners and between people that grow up training together bleeding together sweating together all that stuff um and so no i 100 if, if if someone's listening to this, trying to find out how they can make more friends, martial arts is the way to go, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, and that's just, that's just you know, how it is. It's, it's one of the uh, unspoken bonds that every martial artist has. It's actually, I think, I think why the martial arts community on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram can get so close with each other. Like we, we talk, we, we have these kinds of, of dialogues and interact with each other because we all have that same um, struggle of your training struggle and on TikTok specifically. <laughs> and I'm oh. sure you know about that. Uh, TikTok has been super mean to me. <laughs> TikTok hates us. By the way, uh, considering you don't do a ton of bladed content, you do some, I've seen you do some, but you don't do a lot of it. What is your TikTok experience? This isn't even, this is just a question that came up off the top of my head right now. I didn't send this to you beforehand, but what is your TikTok experience as far as the guidelines and how all that goes? Don't worry, this is not going to TikTok. You can say whatever. <laughs> you 
No, I want them to hear this. I'm about to go off. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! Go off! <laughs> well, I think what... I think whatever algorithm they use is just flat out not working. Um, I've I've had stuff that has been struck with the banhammer, um, the and it was axe banhammer. Yeah, <laughs> and you know I was just uh, using a staff, or I was using nunchucks and it was apparently again against the vile okay it violated the guidelines in dangerous acts which i don't really get because a staff is it's literally a stick yep yep like it's martial arts it's it's not I don't know. You know what's funny? I don't. So recently, I lost my account, and um, so I've oh, been. I'm so sorry about that, by the way. It, it's been it's been a wild ride, bro. It's been a wild ride, but it caused me to really dig into the uh, the guidelines and really figure things out and what's right, what's wrong. And the more I dig into it, the more I get confused because if you just read it, it actually names martial arts as a exception to the guidelines like it, it says martial arts as an exception and it says if you, you know uh i saw an interview with one of the TikTok guideline watchers or the reviewers or whatever and he said if you can prove that you are professional blah 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 it's, it's fine but when i i legit i have certificates for teaching tong sudo like i i have two certificates for teaching Tung Sudo. I have three different black belt certificates in Tung Sudo, one black belt certificate in Taekwondo. I send them all of that. Feel nothing. It's wild. I wasn't allowed to do that because I have to be 18. So yeah, and I'm sure that that specific thing kind of kind of uniquely hits you because I at least of the martial arts creators that I know um, at least the, the big ones, you are one of the youngest, which is cool. Uh, but it does mean you have some unique experiences with the guidelines as far as, I know that you mentioned before when we talked a while ago, how the live would register you as too young for live and it would, it would um, you know, kick you off, right? It's, it's absolutely wild. The content that you post on your account matters beyond a lot of things like i can do my whole staff routine and have like 400 views maybe and then i can do a really cringy and stupid lip sync thing and i get like nine million and draws into the next question really well because with TikTok certain videos will absolutely blow up and and go everywhere like they'll get hundreds of thousands even millions of views and others will go literally nowhere for me if I post anything like traditional it's going nowhere it's going absolutely nowhere but if I post me tossing the sword and catching it behind my back that's going everywhere everybody's gonna know that 
But this means that for us TikTokers, even though we do many different things and want to post many different things, a lot of people only know us for the types of videos that blow up. Um, for me, it's Weapon Tricks and the Apocalypse Squad, right? Those two like things blew up for me. So for you, it seems like your staff videos, especially the lips syncing videos, blow up incredibly. Like they, they, especially recently, in the last couple months, you've been hitting some some bangers. You've been blowing up. Congratulations on that. But what it, it means that a lot of people won't actually know what you do outside of that, outside of your staff. So what actually is your favorite weapon to use? What is uh what is the content that you would make if you didn't have to you know if regardless of what blows up what is your favorite type of content to make and favorite weapons to use my favorite weapon is the staff 100 um the content that i have out right now i am not proud of at all i am i am in fact ashamed of it <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not gonna it's lie. Good. It's good content. I understand what you mean, but it is good content. Yeah, but um, if I could, and if we're taking what I post out of the equation, and I gain the same amount of views, I would say it would not be lip syncing. <laughs> Just not, <laughs> not be lip syncing. <laughs> Just not lip syncing, and yeah, okay, I'm good. Just, just not that. Because I, I would honestly want what got you in, like, what? How did you get to the point where you're you're known for the lip syncing staff? How did you get to that point? What made you want to start lip syncing? Was it just like a meme that you liked, or was it a special <laughs> lip sync that stood out to you? So. After like a month on the app, I realized that the most cringy stuff is the stuff that does super well, which unfortunately is sad, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I never wanted to switch to lip syncing. I, I did and it exploded. But I ultimately don't like where my account is at. A lot of people do, but like, it's not, I'm not satisfied with it at the moment. So where do you want, not just your account, but you have like half a million, over half a million subscribers, right? We were, we were pretty close for a long time and it's pretty cool. Like I really, it's really a cool thing, um, but where do you want to take your uh, at this point your brand because that's basically if you have half a million people that can recognize you you are you are a brand whether you want to face it or not where do you want to take it do you want to take it somewhere is this just something you're doing while you know you're in high school or or what what is the future of of this this social media process for you uh, the first thing that I will say is that I do plan on making a switch to uh, YouTube because I've yeah I've had enough of uh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I actually started TikTok because I want to become a stunt actor and like, oh, hey, let's go. Um, and having your name out there is a great start. So that's why I started. I never thought that I would be at 530,000. So that is a wild number. That is yeah. a wild number. It, it's hard. It's hard to like to like understand to comprehend that there are you know half a million people that recognize you. Yeah, like that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Have come up and like notice you or or uh, like ask for your autograph or anything like that? Yeah, um, it has. Uh, most tournaments I go to now that are that, well, yeah, most of them that I go to now, I'm stopped quite frequently. Um, it's, I'm, so, I have no idea what to say to this. I, <laughs> I hung out with my friend Ethan a lot, and we're always, like, stopped by him because he has a million subs and everything he's stopped all the time and me knowing what that's like now from my account just feels weird to me it's, like it's kind of surreal almost yeah um going outside and knowing that someone might know who you are it's a really nice feeling no, I, I agree 100%. It is, it is surreal and kind of nice. I, I was actually just training in the park, like one of the parks just down the street from my, my apartment. And I was just kind of training, just, you know, m making some videos. I'm actually posting those videos on Instagram later today. But um, some kid was like, hey, are you the modern ninja? I was like, what? <laughs> out of the blue it happens and it is it's super cool because you get to affect the lives of other people and i always for me i love teaching because i get to affect the lives of people around me and try and help people around me and uh, having you know that recognizability and having that kind of platform to work from means i can affect more people and and help more people and it is just honestly my favorite part of this entire experience um if I'm being honest with you. I love to teach, just not little, uh, little kids, so. Like. That's fair. And here's the thing. <laughs> Teaching kids requires certain level of patience. Like, if I was, <laughs> I'm right now. I've been, I'm 25 right now. I've been teaching for the last, um, since 2016, right? I've been certified as an instructor since 2016. If I was teaching kids in high school, I would have hated it. Dude, I would've, <laughs> it, it would have been oh. terrible. But oh, gosh. Uh, since I got into it after and uh, once I, you know, got into college and once I started teaching it then, it was it was great then. But after, before, if I would have done it in, in senior year or in sophomore year, oh, yeah. I hated it. 
<laughs> so, um, going to the next question. As someone that does a lot of weapon tricks, one of the most annoying comments that I get is, uh, but that wouldn't work in a fight. <laughs> Literally happens all the time. Anytime I post a weapon video, if it blows up, it's getting that comment at least. Yep. So, yep. I'm sure, you know, you get, you have that experience as well. So, what is your, you don't really do a lot of personal replies to those comments uh, that I see in your, in your account, which is cool. Oh, I do. I love calling out stupid people. Love it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's not for everyone. Yes. <laughs> it's not for everyone. So, what, you, this is your time. This is right now. You get to go off on all those people at once. What is your reply to someone that thinks, oh, that wouldn't work in combat, or, oh, I would just use a gun? All right, well, if they bring up using a gun, what's the point of martial arts at that point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. If they bring up a gun and they're like, 20 feet away from you, what are you going to do? I mean, just... You're here. You're, your hands are up, and you're doing what they tell you to do. That's it. Yeah. You're giving them your wallet, your keys, whatever it is that they want. You give it exactly. And you hope they don't shoot you. <laughs> right. So, that's not exactly a fair, like, point. <laughs> um, and they're not technically right, though. Like, I always say this, whenever I swing around my staff in where there there's more than one person and I'm near them, they all scatter. Like they're like, "Oh my gosh." Like I'm swinging at super fast and strong. They they move instantly. So like if I found a stick that I could use as a staff and I started swinging or swinging it around like that i know that it would make the person that wants to hurt you at least a little frightened <laughs> absolutely absolutely and here's the thing here's the thing people don't realize how fast it's going like in video it always looks slower it always it looks slower. and when uh when you see it in real life the speed, it doesn't even matter if it was a toothpick. If it's, like, if it's spinning that fast, it will hurt. Guaranteed. And yeah, 100%. You're getting knocked out. In terms of Chuck's sword, uh, in terms of, like, Psy and those, there's not a lot that I can say there. It looks really cool. Um... It just train you physically a lot. It it really just does a lot for you that having it being used in a realistic fight just isn't really what it was meant for, you know? It was meant for showmanship. And, and it does really well at training you. So if it's one of those things where, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily use it in a fight. You wouldn't use those tosses. But those mm -hmm. tosses and stuff help you get comfortable with your weapons. It helps you get, you know, 
better and more proficient at your weapon. So being able to do that stuff means, if, like I always say, if you can do, you know, these twirls into your strike, then just doing a regular strike, super easy and gotta be more effective, right? It just, it helps you get more used to more comfortable with your weapons, which actually does help in combat. Right, yeah. Not Using staff so much actually made it a lot easier for me to master a lot of like chucks and all that as almost everyone that has trained around me at least asks me this once you know how do you know so many weapons mm -hmm. i started with the base of one and then that just made every single other one so much easier it's it, really it's funny that you say that because I'm actually working on a video because I got that question a lot recently. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm working on a, a video on my YouTube basically talking about how you can work on a weapon and it help build other weapons. And how, the like, especially with bow staff. Bow staff, I think, is the best weapon for anyone to start with because bow staff moves can transfer to everything. Literally everything. Uh, with the exception of, like, rope dart that's that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's a whole thing these skills aren't aren't like people see them as isolated this 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 skill this is your bow staff skill this is your sword skill this is your nunchuck skill when in reality everything's connected all of it helps each other and by training your bow staff you're also helping your sword training by training your sword you help your 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 uh, your spear or your nunchucks or your commas or whatever it is, right? It all bleeds into each other. It's not necessarily correct, but that's not the point. It all helps each other. Yeah. Um. So, go continuing with the effectiveness of of weapon tricks and and what you can use them for, uh, going and going into your the more effective martial arts styles you don't really show a lot of fight in your tournaments the videos that i've seen i don't haven't seen you fight i don't know if you fight or spar in your tournaments um so do what what style of martial like all i see is weapon stuff which is great i love weapon stuff it's this is me you're talking to but what style of martial art did you did you grow up training and uh would you consider yourself a fighter I would, I, my first year at Worlds was in sparring. Really? Um, That's awesome. It was, it was from then until I was 12, I qualified each year. Yeah. That is amazing. And then I stopped sparring because I was sick of the, the judging. Oh my gosh. I was sick of it. Judging for sparring can be so, so one-sided. Oh, oh my gosh. I re I, and, that's why yeah. I stopped for two reasons. I stopped sparring because I was tired of judges being, um, like, weighted, like weighing their judging towards their students. Like, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I don't think you should be able to judge your students. And secondly, I was I was on a path where I wanted to choose either fighting in the UFC or performing in movies, and I was like, uh, gonna focus on this, right? Um, 
and that's just you know that's just how it is with in, especially in martial arts i feel like there's kind of at least in my head there's the two main routes you can go ufc you can go movie style uh and i wanted to go movie style so i put more focus in that and stopped sp- fighting um but the honestly with with sparring in tournaments just being just having judges that aren't for the schools like like uh having if you have a school A kid fighting and a school B kid fighting having school C kid judges is yeah. is how it should be and in a lot of tournaments that's not how it is no it's not and it's that but also i i was a really small kid mm. i think you know how is that like 4 foot 9 like shrub just spawn all these giants and you know it was super hard that's also a reason that I stopped cuz I wanted to wait until I could at least um not have to be like 9 feet above me you know right you you didn't want to have to jump to hit him in the head no i get i yeah. i get you i get yeah. which it, that's also it which even though that's me now like i'm not that really small guy anymore i don't really see myself getting back into sparring too much just because of the judging it's just cool sparring is fun and that sure but actually sparring at a tournament i don't think i'll be doing that no fun to do that and that's fair that's a fair assessment of you know you decide mm. your situation you see that you don't like it and so you're just like uh eh, i'm back i'm you know throwing the towel i'm back out of it so this tournament fighting out what have you been in any like real life fights have you had to use your your martial arts in any self defense situations and and stuff like that I've been in a few. Um it wasn't much of a fight, uh but cuz you know, it was that one guy who was, you know, super like his ego was huge. He thought that he could beat everyone up. Um and that's I think that's the only fight that I've ever been in. Yeah. It was Was it in high school? It was in 8th grade. Um Really? And yeah. Yeah, high school I I'm that I'm more on the quiet side. That's fair. Yeah. That wasn't me until high school. Yeah. So, since high school started, I was that quiet kid. No fights or anything. So, yeah. Well, so <clears throat> what? So, that is good. I, honestly, not being in fights, it's a good thing. Um Yeah. The only fights that I ever really been in have been in my high school years and it's because either some some kid finds out I do martial arts and wants to test himself against me 
mm. or you know my brother was in high school with me so he would get um he might have had like a bully and i would go and and stop that right those are the only kinds of fights that i got into in high school uh, mm -hmm. Because honestly, as a martial artist, you should be just as good at talking down fights as you are at stopping fights physically, right? It's, yeah. it's that dual skill. Your goal ultimately as a martial artist is to not have to use your martial arts. So absolutely, it's it's yeah. it's you you have it and mm -hmm. and hope you don't need it. It's one of those things. Um, and so that I think is a great aspect. So going back to the question, what is the style that you train? Is it Taekwondo? Is it, yeah. um, is it Taekwondo? <clears throat> okay. What rank, do, what rank do you have? I'm a third degree black belt. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yep. That is awesome. Um, when are you, when are you looking to test for your fourth? I have to wait until I'm 18. I got my third degree when I was 13, actually. Mm -hmm. So, so you're in it. Yeah, but ranking up from third to fourth isn't really something important to me because rank use, like, as a kid, I thought rank meant so much, but it, like, I thought it really said how skilled someone is and everything like that but i just don't really care about rank anymore and i just want to get as far as i can with where i am without going up just because going up won't won't change anything for yeah, me just, it's just a stripe on the belt right it's it doesn't yeah, yeah. the belt doesn't make the person the person makes the belt which is why you know, you can take two black belts and one can be significantly more skilled than the other just because they put in more work and, and train better. Um, yeah. And that's just that's just how it is. That's how all martial arts are. There's there's a really a <laughs> it's an interesting thing because I see a lot of martial artists that make it to those high ranks start to understand that. Like once you come into your second degree and third degree black belts, you start to understand that for most people. But you still have to deal with the people on the outside world of martial arts, especially as a content creator. You get a lot of people that see, oh, uh, I I know I have a cousin who is a secondary black belt, and I can beat him, so I must be a secondary black belt. No, that's that's not how that works. Yeah. But it's weird, kind of dealing with that um, two separate, very separate mindsets of people who have for lack of a better word, been initiated and haven't, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so going into one of the topics you actually started off saying early on and our last question uh, for today, do you consider, like, who do you consider to be your biggest martial arts inspiration? And honestly, what would you say to other people? Because with half a million, there are definitely people that look up to you and you are their inspiration. It's kind of weird to think about, but that's the case. So mm -hmm. what do you have to say for those people that look up to you um, as an inspiration? Well, for my inspiration, Aiden Kennedy is probably the one who really got me into staff. 
Um, yeah, um, he's the one that got me into the style that I'm in right now, like the style of how I'm spinning around my staff. Mm. Um, and I really looked up to him for quite a while. He he does uh, flips and tricking as well as the staff. And that's not usually uh, super rare. Let's go with that. Um, so being able to look up to someone who's Asian, who does the staff and flips, like, and my age, you know. No, it is, it is, it is really good to find people who, honestly, from, and we're both, you know, minorities. From that perspective, finding someone who looks like you and is into the same stuff you do is huge, huge. I, uh, I, like I said, I lived in several different states and I trained under lots of instructors. But the person I consider my instructor is a black dude from Arkansas that does sword work and staff work. And that's why you see me um me being that <laughs> uh it just it it models you in a way that not a lot of other things can uh yeah has yeah, a school in Fayetteville Arkansas so if you're listening to this and you live in Fayetteville Arkansas um definitely go check out NWA Martial Arts Academy um selfless plug I guess <laughs> but anyway going into what you would say to uh someone that looks up to you what would you say to that I would say if I'm something that you look up to, I hope that I can do, or at least I, I hope that I can really inspire you to find the goal that you will not stop at. And um, ultimately, I think that's what role models are meant for. Um, looking up to being able to build what you want to achieve off of them. I think that's something super important. Um, so if you look up to me, I appreciate it and never give up. Uh, that's about it for that. That's a great, that's a great way to end it. That is absolutely fantastic. So Alex, thank you very much. You have been awesome to talk to. I really appreciate you joining uh, this podcast with me. I will, um, if you are listening to this right now and you are uh, wanting to know when I'm doing the next podcast, it's going to be every Friday. If you're interested in uh, being a part of this journey and being a part of this live recording, then definitely check out my Instagram at modern underscore ninja 232 and you can join us you know and join the chat live so if that interests you definitely check it out